I'm at the East Coast Distillery, and with me I've got Nicole. Now, Nicole, firstly, how long has the distillery been open here? So we've just celebrated our third birthday. Third birthday. Yeah. Now, my my point is, why and who decided to have a distillery? Uh, so there's two husbands and wives, um, and we all work full time. Um, but wanted a, a, a kind of hobby that gave us something that our day jobs don't. Um, and we all love gin, and that's where the idea was born. <laughs> so it's the love of gin, yes. really, is yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, okay, I, you hear there's lots of gin around. Gin is a popular drink at the moment. Yeah. Um, how does it start? Okay, so for us, the process starts with a neutral grain spirit. So now let's have a look. So it comes in a big canister. And yeah. I'll say, hang on, but it's a, it's a what? It's a neutral? A neutral grain spirit. So what is a neutral grain spirit? So this is a thousand litres. It's classed as ethanol. It comes in at 96%. This is made with all British grain. We could have gone for potatoes or sugar beet, but this is a grain one. And this comes from a company down in Whitton. And along with 77% of distilleries, we don't make our base alcohol. So the process for us starts with this 96% alcohol. It's interesting that it's 96% alcohol, but alcohol has a tax, hasn't it? It does. So has tax been, I mean, look, that is a big canister. So has tax been paid on that then? Um, so we are duty suspended, which means that we don't have to pay HMRC the duty element of this until the product is ready to sell, which is really important to us for cash flow purposes. So this is about a thousand litres that costs us about two thousand pounds. If we were to pay the duty up front at ninety six percent, it'd be over thirty five thousand pounds. We never sell anything at ninety six percent, but it gives you an idea of how much the taxman loves us. So I know yeah. that's one of the problems with alcohol in the UK, actually, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So and we, that's um, why we still import a lot, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and we're duty suspended, so it just means that we don't have to pay the taxman until the product is ready to sell which is, means you'll always see a lot more in our duty-free area, which we're not able to sell, than our duty-paid area, which we've got a lot less stock in. Ah, so, so where does it, okay, so we've got this made from grain. It's good that it's come from, it's British it's all, and it's local. It's all British uh, grain, and it comes, from us to, comes to us from a company just down the A12 in Whitton. Okay, so what happens then? So um, we tend to distill on a Friday. The process starts for us on a Thursday evening where we'll put alcohol, that's about 96% alcohol, and uh, water, just uh, tap, Essex tap water that we've purified, and that goes into Monty, our still. So now, how, how's that heated? Because distilling needs heat, doesn't it? Yeah, so um, Monty is an electric still. Um, often uh, traditional stills were gas. We went for electric, just much more efficient and easier to regulate. Inside, there. he looks a little bit like a giant kettle. You see the immersion heaters there. Oh yeah, yeah. He's just having a bath after being in use yesterday. So alcohol and water go in there for our um, Essex dry gin, and that is it. Then um, we leave it overnight, and in the morning we come in, turn all the um, heaters on, and what we want to do is get to a temperature of about 75.8 degrees, which is when the alcohol turns to vapour. It comes up the column here. Oh, it's going up the column there. It comes up the column. This is where we've got tightly compacted uh, copper plates, which oh, helps I see. To... So inside there, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, we've got little plates. That helps to kind of uh, strip any impurities and nasties into out of the alcohol. It then goes over the top, and this is where the magic happens. So in those two silver uh, pods there, 
uh, that's where we house all our botanicals so everything that goes on to add the flavour to the gin the vapour passes through there takes on all the oils and magic flavours then it comes back down the other side through the condenser where it's turned back into a liquid and that's got water running through it to cool it yeah it? so it's constantly um, making sure that uh, the vapour can turn back into a liquid and then over a period of about 12 hours there's a steady trickle of clear liquid that goes on ultimately to be our gin um, we can't drink it at that point it'll still be too strong what we need to do is cut it down to 40% um, um, and that's bottling strength for us um, and again that's just water that we add um, so it's ready to ready to drink I didn't know that you just added water to make it able to be drunk yeah if you um, if you um, that's where the process ends for us for our um, London dry recipes but if you were then to add um, fruit or sugar, you'd end up with a flavoured gin or a liqueur. I'm with Nicole at the East Coast Gin Distillery at Thorpe Lesoken, and we've looked at how the spirit is made, and now we want to know why you add things to the spirit. So, so all the botanicals that you'll see here and more are what gives the product the flavour. So um, we, um, two of our gins are kind of classic London dry style, has nothing to do with London, it just means that um, all the flavour is imparted into the gin during the uh, distilling process. So there's one rule really that makes it gin and that is that it has to have this in. So this is juniper, gives a lovely piney resiny taste that's kind of synonymous with gin. If it doesn't have this in, it's not gin. Um, having said that, these three uh, botanicals are, are found in the vast, vast majority of uh, gins, so they're kind of holy trinity. Um, so juniper, coriander seed, so coriander seed provides mm -hmm. some heat and yeah. um, some citrus notes, and then um, angelica root. So, um, and these three taken together ensure that you get hit at the kind of the front, the middle and the back of your tongue when you have that kind of good uh, glass know. of gin and tonic. I didn't know that those three were, so, were important in gin. Yeah, in yeah. the vast majority. You'll often find things like citrus and licorice, uh, but the ones to really draw your attention to for our, um, for our um, Essex dry gin are some local botanicals. So we use this, which is called sea purslane. We forage this from down at the, the quay, just a few minutes walk from the distillery. Um, and this is sea purslane, so it grows prolifically. So what, what people think it's a weed really, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it gives a lovely kind of silver mm. carpet to the coastline around here. Uh, and for our gin, it provides that kind of lovely saline quality. And um, it's lovely chopped up and made into things like potato rosti. Um, the Ooh, other, what are those berries in? So this is sea buckthorn. Vicious? Yep, very vicious. So. Um, Again, um, this does grow wild around the Essex coast. Not many people pick it though, because it's the thorns. <laughs> yeah, the birds tend to pick it. So yeah, it makes a gooseberry bush look nice and kind. Uh, really, really high in vitamin C, a real kind of superfood. But we get this from a company down in Kirby, um, the British Sea Book Farm Company. They do all the hard work for us. They harvest it in August, chop the whole branch off, pop it in a big deep freeze shake it and all the berries come off and they Fantastic. come to us like this so so yeah. that's one of your more popular things that you put yeah in. so this goes into our um our essex dry gin um for the copper bottle there our elder pear 
Um, we use um, 10 kilos of local pears in every batch. So we try to use local ingredients wherever possible. Obviously, there's not many lemons, oranges and grapefruits growing around in Essex, but wherever <laughs> we can, I like that. We, try to, we try to use something local. And these are just other flavours that you can add? Yeah, so um, the, the, the kind of options are limitless when it comes to gin. And we're looking, looking at the range of gins now. Now, Nicole, uh, I did say that my favourite, I think it's actually, it's the one up at the top shelf, isn't it? So, so this is our traditional, this is what I call the grown-up gin. So our kind of traditional juniper heavy, very dry, um, kind of inspired by coastal botanicals. Um, but our other Tides Fortune uh, gin is the elder pear one. So local pears, Alexander's that we forage, and dried elderflower. We also do a range of time-limited gins. So, so what's a time-limited? Show me those. Which ones is that? So, um, so we've got plum. So we only made, we made this for the King's coronation. Oh, that's rather nice. Um, apparently he likes to have a plum a day. So we made this, um, again, we picked local plums last year uh, and made this. Uh -huh. So it's got rose and hibiscus in there. Um, our hedgerow gin, so everything we could forage off the hedgerow, obviously we only make it once a year. Um, this is our forage by friends edition because we um, got people uh, to come forage for us. And Do they get discount? When they, they... they get paid in gin. Um, That's nice, lovely. So slurs, um, bullets, damsons, elderberries, blackberries, uh, rose hips. Um, we've made just one vodka, so this is a coffee vodka liqueur. But this is made using uh, coffee roasted uh, just at the road in Wheeling. And then we've just launched um, last week um, our uh, raspberry. Um, so this is a flavoured gin. And this is in partnership with a local charity, The Outhouse. Um, so a really kind of punchy uh, raspberry gin. And then along with our gins, we stock other local producers. So chocolate from Malden, pickles from Braintree. A variety of local Essex wines, so a real celebration of makers in Essex, really. It's rather nice, isn't it? I think the most important thing is that A, you're local. The bit that really catches me is that you go foraging, you use very much local ingredients where you can. Wherever we can. And even the spirit that comes in in the first place yeah. is, you know, is British. We've, we've got all this magical stuff on our doorstep. Why wouldn't we use local wherever we can, really? So that's that's our ethos. Um, right down to the fact that for every bottle sold, we donate to local coastal charities. because uh, we really, And we don't use single-use plastic on our products. So it's really important to us not only to celebrate the local coast, but to protect it as much as we can.